Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I really just wanted to start, if you could maybe give listeners an introduction to yourself, your role at yeah. Nike, just because I feel like, you know, Nike is, is a, a very big universe. Like I've been on, I've been on campus. I know the, just the endless number of buildings out there. Um, but you know, just your, your role and, and why we're getting to talk about world cup stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Tanya Vizdak, um, the VP of global women's sports marketing at Nike, fortunate enough to be with the brand for over 20 years now, which is a little wild. I was on the business side for a bit and have been in sports marketing now for about four years. Uh, but what I'm most excited about is the conversation we're about to have is I'm super passionate about women's sports and for us to be able to be here in this moment and talk about one of the biggest moments in women's sports uh, yet to come uh, is really exciting. I just want to start with, you know, I think about when we started talking about the 2023 World Cup, which honestly, I think as soon as the 2019 World Cup ends, you're already thinking, okay, how do we do? How do we do the next one? What is the timeline like on Nike's part? Because also, you know, obviously, there's a lot of moving pieces like jerseys, the team, like there's, there's some when do you start? When do you come in on this timeline for World Cup prep? Yeah, if the product team was here, they'd say they've been, this was years in advance of even like 19 as they were trying to plan for like the innovation that we're launching uh, at this World's Cup. But truly, you know, when 19 ended, it was how do we prepare and how do we even, you know, up the ante on what we're going to be doing in this next World's Cup? And you mentioned it, the amount of coordination that it's going to take to pull this thing off with nine different cities and the 32 teams uh, participating in it. This has been years in the making for us. How do you, I, just like, from a logistical standpoint, we're still in the stage though, too, where we didn't, we ended 2019 and we didn't know where we were going this summer, right? Does that affect your plan? Are you waiting for that announcement to come through and being like, okay, where, <laughs> how is this going to work for us? There's definitely an element of that, but there's, you know, there's the core things that we said, okay, we're going to show up for the athletes as it pertains to product and listen to their insights and how do we, how do we serve them? That's going to be, almost agnostic of where it takes place, although you do have to take into some considerations, you know, the weather of, of where people are participating. Um, you know, there's also, you know, the athletes are athletes, like their insights in regards to how we can best support them in these moments, whether it's the recovery or mental wellness or, you know, product specifications. Those are things, again, like regardless of where the tournament is taking place that we're going to get in advance of. Yeah, I, I think the other piece of this, too, is that there is the sense that Federation should obviously be taking care of these players, but there is this kind of bigger picture thing and that there is a role for Nike. There's a there's a role for brands in general to come in and have the space and also like make an impact so directly. And how do you approach yeah. that kind of responsibility in terms of knowing that maybe there is still a gap, right, in terms of resources, but there is a way for Nike as a company to kind of figure out, like, where do, where do we fit right here? 
Yeah, I mean, we've had the benefit. We, yeah, you know, we had stood up something called the Athlete Think Tank just a couple of years ago, just to really listen to the voices of the athletes and, you know, where we show up, how we show up for them and really address their needs. What I'm grateful for is our federation partners have gone on the journey with us. You know, we've expressly said, hey, this is what we're hearing from the athletes themselves. Where can we help you? Where can we meet them at? Where do you help? Where, like, where do you need support on this in order to best set them up for success? So I would say it's the duality of it. Yes, I think we've probably identified gaps, you know, between the federations and ourselves and the athletes. And how do we best make sure that we're filling them? All right. I want to yeah. talk about one of the very specific things that you're doing in this World Cup, which is new, right? In that you're setting up base camps for the athletes. So maybe first let's, let's go through what that's going to look like, um, for people who, who might not necessarily, like when I think base camp, I think Everest. So I'm just like imagining players coming out of there with like a backpack ready to go. But what is the, the (laughs) Nike base camp experience for the 2023 world cup? Yeah, well, the backpack's not too far off because every single athlete that's on one of our federations um, or is a Nike athlete not on one of our federations is actually receiving a special pack that addresses some of the things that they've told us they're most concerned about recovery. So they're re- receiving everything from, you know, hyper ice treatments and um, norm attacks to things that are going to help them kind of calm down and sleep better. Um, we also have kind of a mindfulness uh, opportunity for them in those kits. So yes, they're all getting they're all getting that backpack to Everest. But the base camps themselves have really been predicated on the conversations with the federations. Like, what are some things that we can help augment? If it's the training facilities and they just needed, you know, a change of turf or actual, uh, you know, the actual equipment itself. To a lot of them has said, hey, we need recovery spaces that kind of help them get away from the craziness, and that could be cold baths to, again, Normatec chairs to simply a zone out space that's a little bit more zen. Um, but it's really been dependent on what the federations themselves have asked for at base camp. I can tell you coffee has been a big one. Uh, we, <laughs> have barista, not we have baristas at a lot of our, uh, at our federation camp. So that's been big. Um, and then also, you know, there's been some unique ones. You know, some of our federations have said one of the biggest challenges is our friends and family are traveling with us. And there's just a ton of energy and excitement can you keep them busy for a little bit so that they're not, you know, distracting us? And so we actually have friends and family areas set up at some of the base camps. We have kids stations for those who just need activities for the young ones. So um, there's a there's an array of services and suite, suite of uh, offerings that we've provided them. It's been really based off of what they've said they needed. So each one is different for each team and it's, it's really yeah. just, okay. All it's right. It's been unique to what they've asked for. Now, some of them have similar components, you know, okay. there's product components where they can do some customization and just kind of, you know, relax for a bit and, and do something that's different from the space of performance. Um, so you'll find ones that are similar across the way, but each camp is pretty unique. That's so fascinating too. I mean, yeah. also because I think, you know, I, we tend to come at things from kind of a U.S. centric point of view, yeah. right? But knowing that, okay, just in terms of like the landscape of women's soccer, women's football, that there are kind of disparities in knowing, okay, there's a chance here for Nike to step in and maybe get some of these resources into federations and for players that wouldn't necessarily have that opportunity. Yeah. Like, are you seeing that kind of very mm-hmm. varying, like w- almost like foundational things? It is varying. And there are yeah. some foundational things that we've had the opportunity to, to help support. I mean, I think recovery in its very own basic essence, you right. know, um, 
So from ice tubs to cryotherapy to, you know, even just the hyper ice aspects, I think all the federations have been appreciative of that level of support. But yeah, yeah I mean, we're still working through how can we best set them up for success? Um, and I'm hoping that's not, I'm hoping the questions that we're asking now look different with have different answers in five, eight years from now. So. Yeah, I can definitely imagine. I mean, the, the there is also just this specific challenge of this tournament is in Australia, New Zealand, players yeah. are coming in from like... <laughs> Right. Like time differences, the fact that it's going to be winter, right? Like there is a real sense that this is going to be kind of a very different world. I mean, I think about my trip through France and the heat wave in France, right? Like kind of what we expect from a a summer world cup. And then, you know, being in New Zealand in January and everyone being like, you're coming back in July and August. Mm. Ooh, I feel bad for you about that one. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this (laughs) sounds great. It sounds really promising. And the time changes even for them as they're traveling from like Adelaide to like the other side. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure everyone kind of completely understands, you know, uh, the expansiveness of Australia and then also having it in New Zealand and Australia. Right. It's winter months in Australia, just all of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think about Canada, right? A Nike team um, having to go to Perth in the middle of group stage and um, Janine Becky was actually on the show and saying like, this is actually one of those places where the NWCL does kind of help us because we fly so East much and West. that, right. yeah, yeah. That there is the sense of, of like being able to be prepared for it. Um, I, I wanted to also ask about kind of the other part of logistical base camp that I was trying to wrap my head around of, you know, the teams have actual base camps for the first time in this tournament where in, at least in the group stage. So when, when a, when like, let's say the U S advances, does the base camp move with them? Is it still kind of in a central location? How are you handling that part of it? Yeah. We've been working with the feds on that too, in regards to like what makes the most sense. If they're going to a completely other city, we're not resetting up uh, just because of the logistics involved in that. And, you know, we have teams that are headed out on the ground in the next week just to start to um, build up those activations and make sure everything's in place and we're not disturbing them when all of a sudden they roll through and they're ready to get in there. So uh, unfortunately it would be a little bit too much for us to take on kind of like a rolling activation. <laughs> yeah, like the circus of- Yeah, yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah. Down, let's go. Yeah. Um, but for those who are, st- are like staying put, you know, like the lionesses were with them almost throughout the entire thing. Like I'd mentioned, I know it was like half joking, but that backpack to Everest, all of them can keep that not only through the tournament, but post tournament, um, it's a pretty significant value. So we're with them throughout the journey. The other thing that we have, uh, while we've supported boot customization, especially it was pretty easy for us in Europe, just because we have uh, a home base there. We're actually bringing, uh, we're doubling down and bringing in a boot customization team to Australia. So all throughout the tournament, to your point, if people need modifications, if they need boot stretching, our Nike athletes will will be set up for success with that. Yeah. And I just as someone who never played at an elite level, I mean, how much yeah. I know that this has happened at the men's World Cup before, like how much do players really use this as a service? Like, yeah. is there a demand? Like what what is kind of the the vibe of that service um, during a World Cup? We anticipate it's going to be pretty high just in regards to the level of interest and then uh there's also been an ask once we shared that we were doing this, they're like, okay, well, can we get machinery in for all the other athletes that aren't Nike? I, I mean, there's yeah. a high level of interest to make sure, you know, that everything's fitting well. Like you had talked about the seasonality a- aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The tournament is so long. 
each player has kind of different desires in regards to how long they want to be in their boots. So if they're yeah. trading them out, just making sure that they're all fitting appropriately. Um, we haven't ever brought a team of this size to a tournament, so it'll be interesting, uh, just the use case of it. But in regards to initial interest, uh, we're, it, it's exciting. Yeah. How many people are you bringing just for this one task? Yeah, just for the customization, we're probably around five or six. Okay. So yeah. they're going to be setting up shop around... Um, They'll be within 24 hours of being able to turn a boot around for an athlete. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, yeah. I guess I also have never really thought about how many pairs of boots a player might go through in a World yeah. Cup. Do you think some go like seven for seven every game? Or or do you think that there is kind of a sense of like maybe group stage knockouts? Like, Yeah. I think it's going to be on the bell curve. You know, we kind of, we provided a lot of the boots prior to the tournament. So, you know, those, uh, my estimation is that they've already worn them, the ones that they're going to be coming into it with, um, or at least they'll be using it in training prior. There might be somebody who's like, hey, I need a fresh pair of boots on every single one. I think that will be more of the anomaly because as we start to get to, especially the semis and finals, you don't see a ton of people changing out boots at that moment in time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I think that's not only just from like a, a physical comfort thing, but also probably I feel like once you've gotten to semifinals, you're totally. just like, no, I'm going to ride these out. I'm going to ride it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gonna, They've been um, good to me. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, there is kind of also this bigger thing behind so much of this, which is that athlete-driven approach, right? And the think tank. Um, and I, I was hoping that you could maybe explain... I guess the thought process behind a bring that in. I know uh, Ada Hegerberg was involved, right? But obviously like Serena Williams, who now also has kind of entered the soccer world via Angel City, right? And I think has done her own kind of informal surveying of NWSL players about what they're thinking about. But, you know, what what does the athlete think tank drive in terms of all of this kind of bigger picture stuff that you're you're thinking about for a World Cup? Yeah, I mean, that's been an incredible force for us. I, you know, a little bit of the background on that one is if you were to go back about four or five years ago, you know, we've always, we've led in this space. And I, I think I'm proud, I know I'm proud to be able to say that. I think we also, um, we saw that there was probably opportunity for us to continue to improve. Like, how can we listen to the athletes in a more meaningful way? And what are some of the things that they can share maybe our blind spots for us? And you know, we stood that up. It was in around 2020. It was in the heart of what was going on with COVID and really said, okay, let's start listening to their voices and integrating them into the broader organization in a more meaningful way. And some of the things that they were sharing with us, it's obviously they wanted their voice to be meaningful in the space of purpose. They had shared like where they want to make an impact in regards to, I mean, Ada, you just brought up, she's passionate about sustainability, you know, things of that nature. The other thing was around services. And a lot of them were like, 
you listen to our voice and you make unbelievable product that helps us in the arena of sport. Can you turn that and help us as you know individual athletes as we're going on this journey? And that could be everything from recovering from motherhood and you know setting themselves up for that next chapter. It could be uh, you know we talked about like the white short phenomenon and mm-hmm. can we help build product that's either uh, you know leak protection and things of that nature. So through their insights, we've then said, okay, in key moments, how can we show up for them? And that's really helped inform everything that we just talked about with base camps, you know, the things that they think they need. So we've always listened to the voice of the athlete and that's been the heart of it at the heart of it. I think for us, we kind of even doubled down on like, what does that mean for her? And like, how can that truly help all? Is the athlete think tank something that you can then apply to world cup? I get the sense that like Nike's bringing some folks to the world cup essentially to kind of be like a a roving (laughs) resource, right? So it's twofold. You know, I think the insights that we learned through the think tank um, are ones that we have applied regarding the services at the base camps and things of that nature. You also brought up, though, we're in our third cohort of the think tank, and we're going to bring, there's going to be about 12 to 14 athletes and coaches to the semis and finals. Because something that we heard is they want a sense of community. They want to celebrate other dimensions of sport. Um, And they also want to have kind of moments where they can come together and continue to push us uh, around the spaces that they think are are really meaningful to them. So this World Cup special for so many reasons. It's the World Cup of firsts. It's a World Cup in regards to the biggest activation that we've done for women in a key moment. And then also, obviously, us bringing our third cohort of the athlete think tank. I mean, it feels like being able to have that relationship with athletes where they are pushing you and saying like, we, we actually really need you to do not just like X, Y, Z, but like X, Y, Z for these reasons. Like this is why we view it as important. It feels like a moment of both like a helpful guide for you, but also kind of a moment of constructive criticism and saying, okay, how do we, how do we buy into this as, as a company more? Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you approach those conversations to make sure that like you're open to that feedback as best as possible? Yeah. I, and before we started the journey, I think we all had to have a conversation with ourselves to say, are we ready for this? You know, because there are going to be difficult conversations. I think anybody in any aspect can honestly say they're not perfect at any moment, you know, or in, at all moments. So being prepared to say, what are the, what are the things that we need to do better? Maybe where have we fallen short? What has actually gone well and we could double down on? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, Megan's been very vocal. Um, and, <laughs> it's so unlike her. It's so yeah, unlike her. <laughs> yeah, and we're prepared for it. And I think because of her, you know, we're better. I mean, I could go back to conversations with her where she was like, hey, we need more gender agnostic clothes. Like we need an opportunity for people to shop and buy product that more represents them. You know. That's the feedback that we need to hear. Uh, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, who was part of one of the cohorts, talked a lot about how she felt coming out of motherhood and how she needed product that helped support her differently. And, you know, Ada saying the temperatures on pitch are escalating. You know, what are we doing in the space of sustainability and climate and Nike? What are you doing to make sure uh, your emissions rates and everything else? And so we were prepared for them. There was even some more difficult conversations. I can't say, you know, that we've done everything, but I could look every single one in the eye and say, we've driven action from what you said, and we're continuing to improve because you're willing to partner with us. And that's been the key thing. 
we can't do it on our own. And I think what's really telling is our athletes are willing to lean into us and say, okay, let's do this together. Do you then use those conversations as leverage to go back to the federations, right? And say like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we've heard this feedback. For sure, yeah. Um, not only are we going to try to figure out how we fill in the gap, but like, here's how we think that, you know, we can work together. Like, what yeah. what are those what are those moments where you can kind of maybe like, everybody gets to prod everyone into doing better work? Yeah, I mean, it's incumbent on all of us to kind of like set that bar. I think we've also shown that we're willing to fill in the gap. And it's also challenged whether it's federations, I could even say other brands to say, okay, you know, this is this is where the bar is now. And this is what the athletes are now expecting. Um, and I believe that's everything in regards to the product that they're wearing, you know, it is the most product that we've ever made available uh, to both consumers and our federations uh, for a moment like this, men's, women's, kids sizing across the board. Um, you know, there's also an expectation in regards to how are we, like what pitches are they playing on? Like what are what are the things that you federation are providing them? And if you raise the bar, we'll come with you, you know? And so we've been, we've been pushing each other. Uh, we've had some really great wins, I think, collectively. And there's no doubt that the athletes are feeling that now. Yeah, I know. So we have to actually get to the World Cup. I mean, it feels so, so close already. (laughs) Right? Are you How are you traveling for the World Cup? Like, what are what are your general? What's your plan for the World Cup? I am. It's not super convenient to go back and forth. Uh, You're at least on the West Coast, so you've already got like a a slight advantage. It's true. I've got about like five and a half, six hours. But um, yeah, I'm headed over to Australia in about a week because we have uh, the teams going over there to start setting up all the base camps and uh, getting ready for those activations. Um, I'll be there through the group stages, bouncing around, and then I'll land in Australia. I'll stay there, and that's when the uh, the cohort of athlete think tank 3.0 comes through. So I'm there start to finish. All right. Yeah. I mean, say it, yeah. it is, I I'm already kind of mentally debating about how I pack for that long with, I'm just yeah. like, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that there's a way to adequately pack for this one. No, but, I don't think so yeah. either. France felt very different where it was just, um, you know, a lot of shorts, a lot of t-shirts. I also, I, I did make a very expensive trip into the Nike store in Paris to collect. Holly, thank you for that. All of the, yeah. it was, uh, I walked out and I, I just was like, well, okay, I don't have any space left in my bag <laughs> after that one. Um, so good. Yeah. So I'm sure the same will happen. Are you there start I, to finish? I'm there start to finish. I follow the US um, mostly, okay. but I get to like hang out for some other games, but Auckland, Wellington, and awesome. then finally over to Australia for probably the start of knockouts, but then potentially back to New Zealand. So, you know, it's a, it's going to be a lot of traveling, but it is, well, we'll have to invite you maybe to, uh, the, the base camp of the women of, of, uh, of the U S yeah. the friends and family piece. So you can yeah. actually check it out. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely love to, I want to, I want to wrap up though, with kind of, you know, where we go next yeah. from this moment, because, you know, there's always the, the sense of, the World Cups are these moments of change, right? Where everyone finally is really, truly paying attention, right? Yeah. And the games are on TV, uh, like everyone is talking about it. And then we finish the World Cup and it's like, have, has it been harnessed enough? And I know, like I talk about this constantly from a league and, and team point of view, but you know, where where does Nike see this as a as a moment in time? And then where you want to go in terms of like the support of women's soccer from this moment? 
Yeah, no, it's, it's a fantastic question. You know, we we have been leading in specifically into the space of football, whether it's through our, our sponsorships of leagues like the WSL, NWSL, La Liga Max. I mean, we're really looking at what does the future of football or soccer look like and, and how can we invest? You know, I'm kind of looking at this moment as bigger than just football, though. And as we think about how does this propel just women's sport in total, like how does it drive a different conversation? You know, our eyes now are, you know, how do we take the learnings from this? What are our female athletes uh, sharing with us that can help set us up for success in Paris? Like, how can we continue the momentum as we look at big moments going forward? So I think this is going to be bigger than football. I think it's going to drive a bigger conversation and we're here for it. So, yeah, just do you get kind of that um, sense of, you know, there are these big moments, right, that you get to harness, but then it's also kind of the day to day stuff where sure. yeah. the real change happens, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it, to me, it kind of feels like the athlete think tank and all of these other projects, like it gives you a chance for that day to day conversation to then pay off in the bigger moments. But then you know, are you going to come, are you going to come back and say, okay, Hey, athletes in the, in the world cup, like what works mm -hmm. out of this moment? What could we do better in 2027? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this isn't the first moment that we started to, to think through what a service look like. We actually did a lot in Eugene during world track and fields mm -hmm. and we pulled the athletes after and said, okay, what was most meaningful and what do we need to maybe think differently about we're actually going to start incorporating technology to figure out which services are used most and like how do we make sure that as we look forward we further reinvest in the ones that had the greatest of impact so you're 100 right it's like what are the learnings here how do they get incorporated into the day-to-day -day? and then like what does that look like for the future but i mean the athlete think tank in our in our athlete and federation relationships that's the day-to-day -day. you know this is the exciting piece where it all comes together um, but you're right. It's those, it's a small incremental progress that we make, um, you know, on a daily basis. It's really moving this forward. Yeah. All right. I want to close you out with a curveball that I didn't, okay. I did. what is your favorite world cup Jersey? Ah, my favorite world cup Jersey. Um, I mean, all of them have such interesting detail, like the lionesses with the, the color from the brick, uh, you know, we've got a little bit of the the art inspiration as it pertains to the U.S., but I don't know. There's something personal about the host country or one of the host countries in Australia and the storytelling that we've been doing around that. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Australia. Okay, yeah. that's fair. I mean, yeah. they do have. They've always had some some pretty good kits. They also have like a really good color combo that feels very like them, yeah. and I think that's always a very helpful design element to work I, I couldn't agree more and then this way sam's not upset with me so i, I feel good <laughs> about this answer yeah that's fair yeah. do you get to yeah. roll like when you're in are, are you gonna have jerseys to or are you or do you stay neutral when you're out there you know if uh if we are hypothetically in a final that had one not two uh nike clubs <laughs> okay. or nike federations then potentially i would sport the jersey then uh but we're pretty we're pretty neutral overall okay that's fair that's you yeah. know it it that's how i feel about nwsl teams where i'm like yeah. I, I have like everything and i'm always just like i can't wear any of this you love all your children you it, know? that's like, i this is exact i i i lovingly refer to every nwsl team as my messy messy children so <laughs> <laughs> same on the federation side yeah <laughs> all yeah. right well hopefully we cross paths in australia at some point but yes uh definitely looking forward to it 
Uh, I'm sure my wife is dreading me rolling through a Nike store at some point during this tournament. She knows exactly what I would get up to, but appreciate the time. And Likewise. yeah, hopefully, no. I mean, I think it's going to be a good World Cup. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. The most viewed, uh, the most, uh, the highest viewership anticipated. So get excited. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.